welcome to the Life Cycle Lady Podcast, a place to be to talk about all that we wonder, whisper, and wish we knew about our bodies, hormones, and life cycle changes. I'm your host, Julie Hughes. Please join me as I take the stigma out, stop the whisper, and speak out loud on topics from puberty to perimenopause. Welcome back, everyone. Or if you're new here, uh, you picked a great episode. Um, and welcome. So today I am going to be talking to you about the stress cycle and how to complete this cycle. Um, I'm extremely excited about this episode. Um, I feel like it's one of it's going to be one of my very favorites um, because it's something that affects all of us, no matter what phase of life you're in. Definitely during puberty, definitely during perimenopause, everywhere in between, and it doesn't even matter if you're a male or a female. Although I would say that stress affects females in very different ways than it affects men. And it could be caused um, by different reasons as well. So um, we all experience stressors in our life, right? And stress in our life. And right now the world is uh, is kind of ripe with stress at the moment. Um, and I'm pretty sure we're all probably on the same page to know how damaging, or maybe you don't know, how damaging getting stuck in stress and not completing your stress cycle is on your body. Um, And so in this episode, I'm going to break down what the heck a stress cycle is, because you might not have heard um, that term before. But yes, stress is a cycle. And so yes, as the life cycle lady, uh, I I think it's perfect. It fits perfect in the work that I do. It is something I talk to almost all women about, um, especially when I work one-on-one with them. Um, And in the classes I teach, I find it incredibly important. And I can't believe it's actually taken me this many episodes to actually talk about this. Um, So I'm going to talk about what the stress cycle is, what a stressor is versus a stress response, and then how we can complete these cycles on a daily basis so that we aren't walking around in stuck in stress cycle mode. And then of course I'm gonna pepper in how it's super important for our hormones and our mind, our body, and our spirit. And I think I'm gonna end today actually with giving you a little visualization if you stick with me to the end. Um, Obviously if you're driving in a car, this visualization is not gonna be something you're going to want to do in that setting. Um, But regardless, so, A few points or things that I think are really important to know about stress. Um, First of all, stress is beneficial. That might be a new concept to you. You might be shaking your head no. Uh, But yes, stress is actually beneficial. There is a reason for the stress response that happens in your body. It is definitely evolutionary, right? Back in the day when we were living without shelter, Um, and we needed to get away from wild animals and protect ourselves when we weren't the top of the food chain. We needed that stress response system, um, and I'll go into detail of what that actually looks like, to get away, right? Stress is incredibly beneficial for us in lots of different ways. It's a great cue. The stress response system is a great cue for knowing um, where you are in your life, for knowing what's going on around you, Um, And I'm going to give you ways to tap into more of what your body is speaking to you and to respond. So stress, (coughs) excuse me, is beneficial. We cannot get rid of the stress cycle. We cannot get rid of stress. 
but we can learn how to complete the cycle. And I'll be talking to you about that in this episode. Dealing with stress is separate from dealing with the things that cause you stress. Just because you deal with a stressor doesn't mean you're actually dealing with the stress itself. And sometimes you, can, you can't even make that stressor go away. And so it becomes even more important that you deal with the stress itself. Right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat that because I know when I say this to people, some people get it and some people, it takes them a while to rehear that. So dealing with stress is separate from dealing with the things that cause you stress. Just because you deal with your stressor, the cause, doesn't actually mean you're dealing with the stress itself, that cycle. Okay? So let's talk about what stress is. Stress is actually a neurological and physiological mind and body shift that happens in our bodies when we encounter a threat or a stressor, right? It is a full and complete mind-body shift, mostly chemically, but also a whole lot of other ways, when we encounter a stressor. A stressor, on the other hand, is the cause or that threat that comes about. Stressors can be external, so things that are happening in our external world. Um, Maybe you have somebody in your family that is uh, ill, right? A parent that is ill. Maybe that you have, maybe you have just your lifestyle. Maybe you have young children, toddlers, and um, all of their needs that you're needing to be met. Maybe you're having an economic situation. Maybe you're having all the external things that we deal with on a daily basis, right? They can be big, they can be small, and it does not matter. It does not matter if they are big or small. It is the same response. It does not mean that if you have less stressors in your life, a smaller what you would call value-wise stressor than your best friend, that you should feel less stressed than her. That is not the case. Stress does not know a ranking system. It is the same response no matter what. So stop ranking your stress and stop telling yourself that you shouldn't be stressed because if you're feeling it, you're there, right? You're in that space and that is okay. And now you need to know what to do with that space. Stress can also be caused by internal stressors. Internal stressors are thoughts that you might have about yourself, judgments you might have about yourself. You're so stupid. You're, you didn't do that thing right. You're comparing yourself to that person and, and um, probably not in the best way. You are putting pressure on yourself to succeed. Maybe you failed at something in your mind, right? All of these like internal thoughts they are more imagined, right? Or maybe they're true, but oftentimes they're imagined. Again, your body doesn't know if it is, there's no ranking system. It doesn't know if it's a real tiger or an imagined tiger, right? It doesn't really matter. The same response system happens regardless in all of these situations. So if you really think about all of the things that 
could cause you stress? There's a lot, right? That's a whole lot in our daily um, modern lives that we are often in that stress loop, that stress cycle. We are often there. And many of us don't know how to, we, we don't know that we're there. We don't know it's a cycle and we don't know how to find our way out, right? We don't speak about it in the way I'm going to speak about it today. So for me and my work with women, that has great impact on your body and your hormones. And maybe I'll get into what the chemistry looks like and then we'll, we'll hit that topic. So what is a stress cycle? So if we look at our body and our chemistry, hormonally what happens when the stress cycle is activated by a stressor, so let's say, um, let's use the example that's happening in, maybe not, maybe not, let's go there. It's going to use the example of our world today. Maybe let's use something a little more basic. Let's just use this idea of you have a deadline, okay? And you're not sure time-wise if you're going to be able to meet it because you have all of the other things that are also needing to be accomplished. So hormonally what happens when you have the thoughts of the deadline, just thoughts, this is an internal and probably an external stressor, both, is your stress cycle is activated. And what happens is many different things. Uh, one hormone called epinephrine is released and that pushes the blood so it kind of shunts blood from other parts of our body and it pushes it into our muscles pushes a whole lot of blood into our muscles and then endorphins are released and endorphins are released to help us actually ignore how uncomfortable we actually are feeling inside of our body when we're in these stress cycles um, you might not be aware because generally when we get in a stress cycle, we're, we become very activated and very unaware, very unconscious. We kind of tap into that like primal brain, right? That flight or fight. So you might not actually be aware of how uncomfortable that is in your body. It is through becoming more aware, especially in those imaginary situations, if you really create some body awareness and look at what's going on in your body, you'll actually find like your butt cheeks are clenched or your shoulders are up by your ears, right? There's places that we hold the stress in our body. And if you become aware of those specific places, you'll notice that they get really sore, right? It's why, for those of you that carry the stress in your shoulders, it's why we often have sore shoulders and necks. It's often why I, I, I'm a bum clencher, personally, and a toe grabber on the earth. So I clench my toes to the earth. And those areas, like my hips and my bum, are often very sore, right? And so in the moment, if you actually feel it, it's a pretty intense feeling. Um, then another hormone called cortisol is re released, and that helps increase your blood pressure. It increases your heart rate, right, pumping that blood places. And then other systems get deprioritized, like your immune system, which is why people who have chronic stress or are in very stressful situations or stressful jobs or do not know how to complete the stress cycle, their immune systems, they're often sick, right? It also deprioritizes digestion, which is why a lot of people in stress, they feel it in their stomach. They have an upset gut. 
and it deprioritizes reproduction. So obviously, your body, if it's in a stress-filled state, the last thing it wants to do is reproduce life, right? It's not going to focus on reproduction because it's in a state of danger is what it believes. There's danger, there's threat. So the last thing it wants to do is reproduce, right? So when that act gets activated in terms of women and women's health, we are often stressed. We are, we are the human givers, right? Um, meaning like we are often, although not always, and this has not even been always the case in my own family dynamic, but we are often the main care providers or the primary care provider, right? We often do the majority of the caring. Um, we often do the majority of the housework. Again, that's not everyone's dynamic, but it is definitely still more of the dynamic. And then a lot of us are out there in the workforce or um, even if you're not, it's just, I mean, so much. I've also been a stay-at-home mom in my life, and the amount of stress was intense during that time period, right? And so we have this unique situation in that one of our female hormones, specifically the one progesterone, and if you've been listening to my podcast, you know that progesterone is the peace hormone, and that progesterone and cortisol have the same mama hormone or precursor hormone. When stress comes into your life, it makes cortisol and you get skimped on progesterone. And therefore, your monthly women's cycle gets really out of balance. And you can experience pretty bad PMS. You can experience really cruddy menstrual cycles, like lots of blood and lots of clotting. Something called estrogen dominance could even occur, which I also have a podcast on. You can check that out. So when we're in this stress cycle that we don't know how to complete, it really affects our menstrual cycles. It affects our fertility cycles. And it is one of the reasons, and this is just my belief, um, why women's health, and specifically our reproductive health, so why we have so much menstrual cycle issues, why we have a lot of fertility issues, why we have like P PCOS is like one in 10 and we have all of these stats now that seem normal. I'm not solely blaming stress, but I'm saying stress is a very big um, culprit. It's one of the reasons why women who are some women who are struggling with fertility will stop trying, stop stressing about it and then get pregnant, right? It's just that stress um, in lots of different ways, right? So stress is incredibly, incredibly impactful to women's health. Incredibly impactful. Plus, women relate to stress differently. And scientifically studied, women experience stress more often than men and in very different ways. It's more impactful to our bodies and our emotional health than it is often to men. So when stress, the stress cycle is activated, your entire body and your entire mind changes. It will look completely different if you were to take a picture of your body and your brain when the stress cycle is activated versus when it's not. Your entire body changes. And part of that is it's designed for your muscles to work, to flight, right, to get away. Like that's what this epinephrine pushing blood into your muscles all of this it's to get you to run that is like evolutionary you want to run and get away from your threat 
but none of us are dealing with real tigers. And so we're sitting at our desks stressed out because the software won't work or we're sitting there trying to get our dang kid into the car seat and out the door to be on time from school. And there's these are stressors, these seem threatening, but there is no running. And that is one of the completions of the stress cycle, right? And I'll get into what this actually is in a minute, how you complete that cycle. But that's what, that's what the stress cycle is designed for, evolutionary. It is for our muscles to work and for us to run and get, up, get out of the place, right? And so in order for the cycle to complete, it gets activated, and then it needs to be signaled to deactivate. There is a thing that needs to happen for your stress cycle to stop, to complete the cycle. Otherwise, you just go around and around and around and around and around and around and around. And I know that you can probably think of times that you've been in that situation, right? So how, here's some clues. When you're stuck in a stress response, here's some clues to know. One of them is doing something pointless over and over again, right? This actually happened to me this week. It's been a long time since this happened. Um... So in our world right now, we have this, this virus that, that is being, it's in the news a lot, right? And there is, there's definitely some facts to the situation that we're experiencing. Um, and then there's a lot of fear and worry. And so going through the fear and worry and the facts and the reality um, can sometimes feel, for me, very daunting, right? Finding what's true and what's not, and what's not just hype. And not giving in to the fear and worry that's going on, but being very logical. Um, I keep telling my husband we need to be logical right now. Not fearful and worry because that's just going to create the stress. And when people are acting in stress, it's actually you don't get the best results, right? Um, so one of the ways to know you're stuck in that stress response is doing something pointless over and over again. So... I have a pretty healthy relationship with social media, I would say. It has definitely taken some time and growth. I don't have it on my phone. This is my version of healthy for me. You will have a different version. Not to judge, just to share. I don't have social media on my phone. I rarely look at it on my computer. I do post for business because the way I consume social media is I there's several people I follow and I learn from them. I find them very incredible. I really enjoy their content. I personally used to use it to share photos of my kids and things like that. And then at one point, this was probably about five years ago now, um, my kids told me that they didn't like it. They, Mama, why? And they were younger at the time. Mama, why do you post pictures of us and who's looking at them? And they, they got kind of creeped out by it. And it made me pause and think, oh, man. So I, I stopped using it in that way at their request. Um, and so for me, it's very business oriented and very learning oriented, right? I don't generally scroll, I don't scroll, right? I just post and I know who I go to look at. And I watch a lot of lives and things like that. This week, I found myself uh, on Wednesday night, I was scrolling pointlessly over and over and over. And I was refreshing my feed because, you know, it'll only show you so much, even though you have thousands of friends. And I was getting frustrated that I wasn't seeing anything. And I was just like, I, I was actually, Wednesday nights are my nights that I do just me time. I do, I have a little ritual that I do every Wednesday night. It's my one night of the week that I'm not doing something for other people or 
It's my like recharge time. And I was I was sitting there in the space I was supposed to be doing this, but I was scrolling. And then probably after about 25 minutes, I realized what I was doing. And then it was I was in a pretty big stress, stuck stress response. Um, and that I was feeling very fearful, right? Very fearful of all that's going on in our world. And that I was choosing to be, to do my ritual. And underneath that, I found a river, I found my, what I call river of peace. I did my breath work. I found my river of peace. And then my husband and I had a very productive conversation the next day about plans, actions, and logical thinking. And getting out of that fear and worry. Because fear and worry, all it will do is that internal stressor. It will just create more stress. And when you're in a stressful place, your logical brain does not think and your intuitive self also is clouded. And so we've got to get out of that fear and we've just got to be more logical, which means we have to find ways of releasing that stress cycle. So you know you're stuck one of the ways when you're doing something pointless over and over again. Another way is erupting. When you have some sudden overwhelming burst of emotion, that tends to be that you're struck in a stress response. It's a pretty big clue. If you think about those times when you just feel so overwhelmed and your kid does something, if you have kids, versus the time that the exact same thing happens and you're feeling pretty mellow, your reaction will be very differently. And that is actually one of the clues that you're in a stress response. Another clue is you're hiding or numbing out, right? There's things we all do to numb. Um, often it is that social media, but there's lot, everybody has their thing, right? Um, and so if you find yourself hiding or numbing out, not wanting, putting your head in the sand, that is a pretty big reason or clue that you're in a stress response. Another one more severe is that your body feels out of whack. You have sickness that won't go away. You have injuries that don't heal and you just feel like really, really burned out and run down. That is you stuck in a stress response, a stress cycle. You're stuck in that cycle. You haven't completed it. You can't find your way out. So if you think about the constant state of stress does on just one system, like your endocrine system, meaning it basically shuts the whole thing down, causes your body to start screaming at you through symptoms because it wants to be heard, it wants to be addressed, and it's trying to let you know that something is not right. It's not trying to piss you off. It's not trying to be the curse of a woman. It's just trying to tell you that something's out of balance, right? And stress is one of those reasons. There's other reasons why your hormonal system cannot get out of balance, right? So now think about what that stress, being stuck in stress, does on your entire body, right? So even though maybe you're not thinking about that stressor, you're not engaging with the stressor, the stress cycle, the stress response doesn't know you're done. It has not been cued. So how do we cue it and how do we complete that stress cycle? I have to say it's not always possible in the moment. So in the moment, um, say like there's a like there's, there's social norms, right? In the moment, you can't always like if you're in the middle of an exam, you're a student or something, and it's causing you stress. You can't just get up and start dancing and moving and shaking out. The, I guess you could, but socially appropriateness. I'm pretty sure if our kids did it, 
their teachers would kind of freak out. Um, what other examples can I give for socially appropriate stress? You, you, I think you probably get what I'm, I'm, I'm putting down there, right? You, like you, it's not always social pro appropriate to engage in the things I'm going to share with you about completing that stress cycle. Um, also, if you have a chronic stressor in your life, uh, the one I often go to because this is just happening a lot more around me is parents that are sick. Right, we're nearing this phase of our life where many of my friends and I's parents are getting sick and or dying, right? And so taking care of a sick loved one is a pretty chronic stressor. Or say that you're living in poverty. That is a pretty chronic stressor as well. You're not sure where your next paycheck is coming from. That chronic stressor can always loop you back in. So in these kind of cases, you can't get it done in that exact moment, but it has to be done at some point. And so I'll talk about what that could look like. Um, but when we deny or ignore or suppress our stress response, and most of that uh, women I see that we're denying that stress response because we're judging it. We're judging that we shouldn't feel this way. We shouldn't be stressed. There's no reason. Why am I feeling this way? We're questioning and judging. So when we deny, ignore, suppress our stress response, we... We wind up walking around with like decades of incomplete stress response cycles, right? They store in your body. And then you get chronic yuck. And for women, that's often played out in our hormones. Right? So what are some ways to help deal with the stressors themselves? I'm not going to go into too... I feel like this could be a whole... This is like life coaching work. This could be a whole big episode. And maybe at some point I'll do this episode. But um, mindset work for, for our internal stressors. So for that worry, right? A lot of people right now are worried. I have experienced worry myself this week. A lot of people are in fear right now. I have also experienced fear myself this week. Worry and fear are not going to protect us in any way, shape, or form. Most of the time, worry is not going to activate any sort of plan or activate anything but more stress. And stress is, you know, needed but not good for our body to be in that chronic state. It actually causes us to shut down, as I've said, shut down our digestion, our immune system. It's the exact opposite of what we want right now. We all want to be have really healthy immune systems, right? And so it's going to take worse for us to not say you can't feel the stress, but to release that, to complete that cycle. Um, so mindset work for those worries. So like talking to your worry is something that I do, right? What do you have, like giving it a space as if it were a child, right? Because children, if you, they say mom, 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 they're going to start yelling. So worry is one thing I experience often. My mom used to call me a worry wart when I was a kid. So nowadays, I talk to my worry as if it is a child, a part of me. I ask what it needs, what it's trying to tell me. I say thank you and that it's not allowed to be in my driver's seat. It's literally what I say into, in my head. I don't say it out loud, but that is supposed to be a better thing if you say it out loud, right? Um, supposedly, you're less crazy if you talk to yourself. I am not. I don't actually talk to myself. I'm not a self-talker, but I know lots of people. My husband does. Um... And it's supposed to be very helpful for you. 
I have a lot of judgments on that myself. Something I'll work on, I guess. Um, so doing some sort of talking with your worry, with your fears, um, and then letting go of the things you cannot control. For many people that I have found that are very successful at this, um, it requires a spiritual practice of some sort. That is what I found. People that have this really strong let go and let God or whatever that looks like for you, whatever you call the creator, however you let things go, really letting it go of the things that you cannot control. And FYI, we can't control most of it, right? For things that you can control, you can make a plan, enact that plan out of your logical mind, and then you have to let go and just trust. And so for some people, when the letting go happens, the trust needs to be exercised, right? Trust is a muscle, and for many of us, that is a muscle we don't have a whole lot of. And so we have to find ways, find those people that we have a lot of trust in and spend time connecting with them. That is actually a great way of getting out of the cycle, actually. I'll talk about that in a minute. Another way of helping with stress is our pace of life. We need more rest. Rest and recoup is part of another cycle, right? We often can't even meet our most basic needs like rest. It is a basic human need to rest. Without feeling guilty or lazy or ashamed or conflicted, I just did a class with a, a group of ladies recently where the woman's talking about sleep and getting more sleep, but um, the judgment around her was that it was lazy. Right? That is a very common thing. Our most basic need is one of our most basic needs is, is rest. And we feel guilty, lazy, or ashamed around it. Or like we shouldn't need it. Well, so-and-so can go hours and do you really need it? And da 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 right? All these judgments around it. Our bodies are scientifically proven. And just if you tap into it, you'll feel it. We're built to oscillate between work and rest. In fact, our work, if you look at any high-performing business mentors and coaches, and you look at scientific research, our work quality improves when we get more rest, smaller chunks of rest all throughout the day. Our parenting improves. I mean, just, you know, if you're a parent out there, just think about the days that you actually listen to your body took 10 minutes, shut yourself behind the door, and didn't zone out on your phone, but actually did some breathing or whatever that looks like for you, and then you feel more peaceful afterwards. It doesn't have to be a long time, it's just a pause. Because what happens when we get that rest is there's something called our default network mode in our brain. Our default network mode gets activated, and in that activation, it's kind of like autopilot a little bit. We're just resting, but what's happening is our brain is actually still working, but it's working in a very different way than when you're engaging in it. And oftentimes, you'll find that breakthrough, especially in business, you'll find that breakthrough or that creative thing that you were searching for and searching for when you just disconnect and go into that default mode, you'll have this idea that you were searching for, right? It just will come. It will just flow to you. And that is just the way it is. It's called a default network mode. It's a real thing. It is incredibly necessary for our lives. So what does that look like in real life? To manage stressors, 
especially time stressors, deadline stressors. It's funny, people have deadlines, they think they need to work harder and work more. And what biologically your body needs is for you to rest and recoup. And when you do that, you will get to the end result quicker. Because it is a cycle. Life is a cycle. It's not an end goal. So when you get to that place of getting in those zones of being really, really focused on the end goal and go, 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 take away sleep, take away all the things I need to take away just to get to the end goal. The thing that you're actually supposed to be doing and that will get you the best results, the quickest amount is getting small bursts of rest. So that could literally look like laying on your back for five minutes every hour or two. Could look like taking some deep breathing, right? For the beginning, when I first started this, like, I think it was also like five years ago when I first started this kind of idea, incorporating it into my life, I had to set my alarm clock, right? Because I didn't, I don't know that I fully bought it. How is taking less time going to make me get to the end quicker? But so I set an alarm clock, I went on a mission, I was trying to heal my own adrenal health. So it became a very loud knock on my door. Um, and so I did it. And I did. It's exactly what I find. You know, it's I mean, this morning, my husband and I just relaxed, even though I had big things on my plate today and big deadlines like this podcast needs to be up and done before a certain time. Um, because I got kids coming home and you all don't need to hear my kids on the podcast. Right. I have other things also to do today. I have a lot. I'm excited about a lot of things that need to get done today. And I still connected with my husband and spent that time just resting and connecting. And you know what? I felt so happy afterwards. And instead of stressed and pushing through, I mean, I still have a half an hour to finish this thing and I'm definitely going to be done, right? We blow it up in our minds. It creates stress. It creates a stress response cycle. And then we feel yuck. So what does that look like for you? I don't know. Just taking time to pause all throughout your day. Not scroll, just pause. Think about what that looks like in your life. Another way to help with your stressors is to sleep more because your body physiologically, cognitively, emotionally, and socially needs sleep. Our whole body is actually working during sleep. It is doing life-preserving things that needs us to not cognitively interfere with it. That can only be done during this time, this sleep. And so when you wake up in the morning, you should feel rested. If you do not wake up in the morning and you're getting consistently eight, nine hours of sleep, then that's something you would want to reach out to someone and talk to them about. That for women could could very much be a cortisol issue um, or adrenal. You should check out my podcast on adrenal fatigue. If you're getting six hours of sleep and you're feeling exhausted, well, yes, of course you are. You might think that that's all you need, but but our bodies need more. It's just a proven fact. And the more you get, the more energy you'll have, the quicker you'll get things done with less coffee, <laughs> which can also affect your hormones. And that is a podcast coming soon. Not everyone, but a whole lot of women get really affected by coffee. Um, so yes, sleep more. Sleeping more helps with your stressors. It helps 
them not seem so big. Just think about it. Think about getting four or five hours of sleep. And it's like, you know, it's sleep is actually lack of sleep is a torture method. Just think about when your kids were real little, or at least mine. There was a whole little sleep going on. And my stress response system was very activated very quickly, very eruptive. It was like always active. Because a lack of sleep is actually a stress on your body, right? Our bodies can get stressed in other ways just than that. It can be stressed by our diet. It can be stressed by our by our relationship to rest, right? So let's talk about some ways to complete the cycle. Completing your stress cycle is not an intellectual decision. It is a physiological shift. How do you know if you completed your stress response cycle? It's because your body is going to tell you. You'll find a shift in your mood. You'll find physical tension releases. You'll find your mental health improving. And if this is a new concept to you and you've spent many, many years not engaging in things that I'm going to tell you that, oh, yeah, I actually do that. If you've spent years accumulating incomplete cycles, you might not feel instantly better when you first start. You might feel mildly better, but it might take a little bit longer to work through those layers. In fact, some people I feel like feel a little worse. I felt a little worse at the beginning because I definitely wasn't a, a stuffer. I'm a stuffer at some point in my life. I stuff my emotions. I stuff my stress. I don't, I used to not see it as valuable as something I shouldn't have because I, there's so many people in the world that are worse off than me. And so I didn't acknowledge it. I ranked it. I didn't value it. And I stuffed it. I know I'm not the only one that does that. And so at the beginning, I actually felt worse when I started experiencing my stress because it all came up worse. Same thing with people who experience stress sometimes or sleep. Sometimes if you start getting more sleep, you'll actually feel worse right at the beginning because it's like your body can now is being given permission to feel what you are actually feeling, but you are in such a stress response system that that um, the epinephrine, yeah, epinephrine was kind of masking how pain, what how much pain you were in, yeah. So this is not self-care, what I'm about to tell you. This is vital and needed for your health and vitality. It is a daily practice that you must have. You call it your morning routine. You call it your evening routine. You call it whatever you want. But it is not self-care. It's just health care. This is your health care. So to be healthy is to move from safety to calm and calm to risk and adventure and stress. And then back to safety and calm. That is how you are healthy, right? To move from one to another and back again, not to get stuck along the way. So the number one release of your stress cycle is physical activity. It is the most natural to our bodies to, of the ways of releasing your stress cycle. If you look at the animal kingdom, which we are part of, and you look at a tiger and a hyena, and the hyena runs away. What happens after the hyena gets away is they start shaking. All of the animal kingdom does this. They start shaking, and when they're shaking, they're releasing the stress from their bodies. They no longer need it. Thank you. I got away, and now I don't need you. So, Physical activity is not the same as exercise. I'm not saying this is exercise. It could be in the same category for you. Sometimes actually exercise for some of us, especially women, highly activated exercise, especially for having some sort of adrenal or hormonal issue, um, 
highly impactful exercise can actually exacerbate. It can cause more stress on your body. So there's that. And that's probably another whole conversation that I will have at some point on this podcast talking about um, exercise and hormones. So I'm talking about maybe shaking. If you think about the best way to shake your body, it's dancing, right? Dancing is probably the best way to shake your body. It is a fun activity that you can do with your whole family, two or three songs in the evening, 15, 20 minutes. 20 minutes is normally about what it takes to complete that stress cycle. And then it's completing everyone's stress cycle for the day, right? It's just a fun thing, a fun ritual that you can do with your family. And yes, even my older kids, well, not always, but sometimes they get into it. They're way more self-conscious nowadays, but um, they do do it, not always. I, could, I definitely would say not always. Probably they, when they really need it, they're not doing it. But um, it is a part of our conversation as a family, right? So some sort of physical activity. It could just be a walk. Just It doesn't have to be vigorous. Uh, exercise is what comes to mind, or dancing is what comes to mind the most because it's, it is like that shaking. You're like shaking your body. It is completing that stress cycle. Another way of completing the stress cycle is breathing. Taking deep elongated breaths with longer exhales than inhales. Scientifically proven to lower your stress levels in your body. Um, If you're doing this in the moment, sometimes if you're highly activated stress cycle, it doesn't always work. But it is a tool that you can go to um, and it, it, it can definitely work. It is something I often do all throughout my day. That's one of the things I do all throughout my day is just this deep breathing at certain points combination of the breathing, take a, take a break, take one song dance, and then do some deep breathing. The other way to release stress is breath work. Breath work, I have a podcast on it. Breath work is more of an activated and intentional breathing pattern. Breath work, we have not talked about trauma today, and maybe I should have actually prefaced that at the very beginning. Stress and trauma are different. Breathwork has been proven to reduce stress levels. Um, It is one of the ways that I get my stress response cycle done on a, I do breathwork every morning. And and lately, honestly, this week, um, with all that's going on in the world, I've been doing it twice a day. And I feel like it has made such a huge difference. Breathwork can also help with trauma, though. Breathwork is one way to tap into that unconscious part of our our brain, breath, the breath is one way to tap into our unconscious and to release stored trauma that's in our body, which is different than stress. Trust, trauma can be stressful, but trauma and stress are different. I do want to acknowledge that. So breath work is a way to just get them both. There's lots of different type of breath work out there. A lot, a lot, a lot. Some I find more stimulating and more harmful, especially for those women that are in more fragile um, or unbalanced. I don't know what I want to say. Like if you're experiencing adrenal fatigue and things like that, chronic fatigue, I would say a less activated form of breath work is much better for you hormonally. Um, And just check out that breath work episode because I have some resources on there. Um, What else? Breathwork is my go-to right now. Prayer. Prayer is another way of connecting. Meditation also, um, especially when it involves the breath, right? 
Seeking positive social interactions actually is a way to release that stress cycle. Um, probably not when you're in those stuck places, but more of a regular routine, something you're seeking out. And there is, this is the reason why. It reassures the brain that the world is a safe and sane place. So having positive social interactions is one of those ways. Uh, combined with affection. So science has proven that a 20-second hug, which is a pretty darn long hug, and a six-second kiss actually is one way of completing that stress cycle. Laughter. Laughter is an ancient evolutionary system that mammals have, and we have evolved that way to make and maintain social bonds, to regulate our emotions and our hormones. So it's why they have like laughter yoga, right? It might seem like a weird thing. Maybe it doesn't to you. It kind of did to me when I first heard about it, like fake laughing. Um, but it actually helps release that stress cycle. So that is a thing that you could engage in. Um, having some sort of an emotional release. So basically to me, it's like a good old cry, right? Crying is incredibly beneficial. At one point in my life, I used to say I had overreactive tear ducts and I used to judge how much I cried. Crying is my body's go-to and I've now gotten out of the way. So um, my week, along with this situation in the world, I also had an oven fire with the fire department in our house and my refrigerator went out. So it was a little bit of a stress-filled stress, uh, week. And I found myself crying a lot. And the tears were not so much about the event and poor me. It was more like I just needed to release, right? There was no thoughts or anything associated with it. And I felt better afterwards. And often for me, this often happens, where my crying turns into laughter. When it's just a release cry, rather than tied to anything, the crying actually turns into laughter. My kids think it's the craziest thing in the world. And maybe you do too, but it makes me feel really be way better. Um, drop me a comment. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that does that. It happens pretty regularly in my world, though. So post down below wherever you're listening to this and let me know if that's a thing that happens to you. Or let me know what you, if you have another way of completing the stress cycle that you didn't realize, um, let me know. These are the main ones, though. These are ones that are, like, actually, quote-unquote, scientifically studied, right? So the final way, and I think I'm going to end this podcast here, with a visualization. So in order to do this visualization, it is a eyes closed, body flat on the ground visualization. So you'll need to be in that space. Otherwise, you can skip this. If you do skip this, make sure you leave me a comment, leave me a like, uh, head on over to the Life Cycle Lady um, website to find out more about what I'm doing, what I'm up to in the world, or subscribe to this podcast to hear more of my podcasts. So with that out of the way, let's get to the visualization. So I want you to lay down get comfy. And I want you to close your eyes and begin to connect with your breath. Just your normal breath. You're not really controlling it. You're just connecting with your breath as it is in this moment, what it needs to be. And then I'm going to ask you to progressively tense and release every muscle in your body. 
So we're actually going to start with our feet today. We're going to start by curling our toes real tight, gripping the earth, and then making your legs, quads real, real tight. And every time we add a new tight and clenched place, I want you to retain the others. So now that our toes and our legs are really tight, I want you to bring your core and make your core nice and tense. And then your bum, your arms, your hands begin to form fists. Your shoulders come all the way up to your ears, your throat, your jaw become tense, and your whole face, your eyes squinched up. In this space, I want you to notice your breath, what it does. Notice any thoughts that might come up. And notice any feelings. Notice if there's any particular areas in your body that feel tighter and more uncomfortable, that are kind of yelling at you more than others. So we're going to stay in this spot for 10 more seconds. And then we're going to slowly release from the head to the toe. So 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And you begin to release from your eyes jaw, your shoulders, and hands, your core and your bum, and your legs and your toes become heavy. Now that you've identified the specific areas in your body where you carry stress, or maybe you already know that you're a shoulder stress carrier, or you carry it in your stomach or your bum, in those areas, I ask you to just focus on those specific areas and then tense them. And then bring in the visualization of what it feels like to engage physically with that stress or the stressor that you're experiencing. Imagine that stressor really clearly in that area. Let your heart rate rise, let your fists clench, and let your body actually engage in beating up that stressor. What does it feel like to Kick the crap out of this virus or kick the crap out of the fear that's going around the world. I want you to really play this out in your visualization. Really allow it into your body 
and allow yourself to go to that scary place. And allow yourself to keep beating it up until you feel victorious. Allow yourself to cry or to shake. And trust your body. Just go along the ride of your body. Know that your body knows exactly what it needs. And you're going to allow it to express itself, to complete this cycle. To allow you to tap into that river of peace. That river of peace is always there. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world or what stressors you have, how big or small. Coming to this place, confronting your stressor, or just getting into your body and allowing your breath or breath work to take you to this place will allow you to tap into that river of peace. And once you've thoroughly beat the crap out of these things, I invite you to dump them into the river and let them float and transmute on down the stream. And as always, when you're done, however long this might take you, you can pause now if you're not done. We'll always end by taking some more reconnecting breaths and centering yourself. And know that you are we are all part of this collective. We're all part of this process. No one's is better or worse than the other, or more or less than the other. We are all in this space, and we are all seen. And when you see yourself, you can help see others. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed making it for you. Again, please leave me a like or a comment. Let me know how this feels in your body. And let me know if you have any questions. Otherwise, I will see you all next week. Bye, everyone.